When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're so excited you decided to join us. Um, make sure you go over and leave those five-star reviews. If you like this, go over and listen to our other podcasts, like the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast or High School Hoops or Funnel Down Defense or Coaching Youth Hoops or whatever uh, whatever one of the seven in our, in our network that you would like to listen to. Uh, but before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. They are always, what I love about Dr. Dish is they're always innovating. They're always making that a little bit better. And that's what, that's why I think they're the best machine out there. We, like I've said before, we own three of them and I would not be talking about them every day. If I did not believe in them, mention coach unplugged, they'll give you $450 off and they'll give you a one customer service. And then also what, what helps keep the lights on, what helps keep everything moving is teach hoops.com. Um, it's for coaches who want to get better. It is a one-stop shop by a basketball coach for a basketball coach. Um, you know, I'm always working with my team 365 days a year, working on making us better. And I want to do the same thing for you. I'm giving you resources, one-on-one -on -one calls, office hours, a roadmap per se that will help you uh, become a better coach. And we offer a 14-day free trial because I believe you should come in and kick the tires around and see if it's right for you. If it's not, that's fine. Um, but I, I guarantee that you're going to love it. All right, let's head off to the podcast. I mean, skill development is a huge topic, but how do you incorporate skill development in a regular season practice in regards to um, your high school practice? That's a great, I mean, so first of all, we only have them realistically. So everybody in the, around the country is different, but let's do, let's use Wisconsin middle of November to beginning of March end of February is where regular season would end. So. That's the stretch. That's the only time we can have contact unless we're in that open window in the summer. So we, we have a, you know, so let's go November, December, January, you know, three and a half, four months. Um, I would love if we had contact and we're able to work on skill development longer, but we don't. Um, I think it's an important part. I think you got to pick the skills that are important to work on. Um, one that I've tried to get better at is shooting throughout the season. We've talked about this. Um, I, I look back to some of my teams. And it's like, oh my God, I don't even know if we ever took a shot shot. Like, you know what I mean? It was all like, 
working on press all that all the other stuff so that is one place that i've really tried to work on skill development is shooting um because i'm convinced now especially through my son that if you take off too long you lose it um you can even be a good shooter and you lose it it's kind of like a golf swing or a someone hitting a base a curveball you'll lose it if you don't use it so that's the first thing um so i've worked i think that's a skill development that needs work one that we're building into our program is screening. Um, I think it's an underutilized skill. Uh, they don't know how to do it properly. Uh, they don't know how to set it up. They don't know how to set it. They don't know how to do that. So that's another skill development. The problem is, I don't know about you, Coach, but you know, you got this hour and forty-five minutes. How much of it? How much of that piece of that pie can you use in skill development? Um, I would say about a third is where I'm, I've landed now. I wish it was more. Um, you know, and, and it depends on how you buckle skill development into one specific thing. So it might be closer to a half if you look at our small-sided games and things like that. But um, so what do you think? I mean, I think it's important. I would, I would love to, like, do an hour of skill. I think, an hour. Like a, I think it's, like, really about the level that you coach in high school. Ooh, that's um, true are both of us being varsity coaches and having to mentor and work with coaches that are below us. I think it's really important that skill development is a more of a necessity for them. And we don't look at always wins and losses, but we look about progression instead of perfection. Yeah. And so we look at little gaps where we can make that group better so they can come to us at that highest level to make us a better program. I think often we can't treat every practice as a varsity basketball practice at the younger levels in the high school. Yeah, I like that. I, I mean, I, I think I well, I think you're right about that in the sense that it should almost be the higher up, the less you're doing specific skill sets. Like the like the Bucks aren't Absolutely. working on specific. So I think that's true. That when we're down in that's the how actually the USA basketball model is. If you've ever taken a U.S. basketball development class, and I've taken it for like younger grades to teach coaches, right. it goes like a huge pendulum of you know real world game like, and it should continue to move up higher percentages as the kids get older. And the goal is is that by the time they get to the highest level of high school, your percentage is about twenty five to thirty percent skill development and 70 percent percent game-based or small-sided or other things in relationship to you know uh the game oh i like that yeah yeah i mean I, what what is you what does usa basketball say about skill development totally uh it should be i think that it, it's really something that they they want younger kids to be doing at an earlier age um and, yeah. and developing that okay. um and so it's more like the another, european model more like the european yep. model yeah yes um, as regards to skill development, I think shooting is something that you always got to make time and practice, um, for sure. Uh, I think, um, you know, ball handling, but I'm talking about battle, just the simple fact of handling pressure. I think handling Physi pressure physical, is and, and, and again, I'm talking about the highest level at the high school level, but I'm just talking about the physicality of ball handling too. Yes. I'm not just uh, talking. I mean, my guys can handle the rock. It's more like, what are you doing when you're getting fouled and bumped and, Right. All that kind of stuff, yeah. So, yeah. and I think another thing is like not always doing everything in isolation. You got to be able to be creative and do multiple skills at one time. Yep. So yep. whether it's being strong in the basketball, ripping through, ball handling, and the finishing, boom. 
shooting into conditioning, this and that. Like you yeah. just can't be doing static drills at the, at the high school level. You've got to be doing more. You've got to get we don't more have out time. of it. You don't have time. I mean, no. I know that's the big thing with everybody's talking about all these small, I've been doing that for 30 years. I just never knew what it was called. Cause like, right. I can't just work. I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time to just do a passing drill. I don't have time to do right. that. Or, Form shooting into I've never shooting done that. In thirty that years, I've never done that. So I don't know. This isn't like right. nuclear physics that they're telling you to do. Um, I've always had three or four components in everything that I've done. You had to, or I don't know. You won't get stuff done. Um, right. Yeah. It's like as a teacher, we don't we don't just teach one skill in isolation. Right. As they get older. They're right. doing multiple things at one time, from uh, doing uh, algebra to a story problem to this or that. That's just how the game is. It becomes more complicated. So another thing, too, is with skill development, try to pick a couple drills that you know and you want to use and get them good at it so you don't have to spend time teaching it. So you can get the minute right out of it, boom, 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 you know? Yep. Um, and that goes, back that, to the tri- that goes back to the tryout thing, too. I always like throwing a couple of complicated things early in the first week right. or so just to see how they adjust to it. Tryouts is a good time to do that, but it's also like once you've picked your team, it's like which kids are going to think on their feet and which ones aren't. Um, you know, here's a new drill. Boom, boom, boom. Go do it. And then some of them are – I always like to see who's going to be able to maybe – hopefully at the end of a game we've diagrammed everything up, but they're going to be able to quickly – how how quick can they process the basketball part of it, I think, is important. Yeah, but I think also if you can layer it within what you're already doing within your system, it's right. huge too. Yeah. So one of my favorite drills I used to do is just perfect passing where the guys can grind for uh, a minute or so uh, to get 25 passes complete. Why can't you do that by running your offense too? Can you do that by running your offense and make 25 successful passes, you know, can you use those things to build that? You know, can you do finishing drills within the context of your offense from a screen into something else? You know, can you possibly build in what your system is doing and do your skill development around that? I think you totally can. You know, if you're going to be a flare shooting team, you know, doing flare screens, you can do tons of flare screening shooting drills all the time and build on your shooting, also perfecting your craft within your offense. Right. I agree. I agree. All right. Anything else? I, I mean, you got to well, find space for it. Right, but I also think it comes down to strategic planning. You just got to go look back again and again. We always talk about the why. Why are we doing this? Be strategic about it. Take the extra time and make sure everything that you're doing within your skill development, your offense, and your defense those first several weeks, it's meaningful because right. then you can spend less time teaching that and get more out of it. Right. So if, yeah. like, if, if you're like going. You go for an hour and 40 minutes instead of two hours because you spent 20 minutes trying to teach them something. You, they already know what they're doing in an hour and 40 minutes. An hour and 40 minutes solid, you're done, and your rapport is good, and you get out of the gym some days. Right. Like, that's good for your team. Yeah, and if you don't run if – you, if your offense doesn't have any dribbling in it, don't, don't spend time working on your ball handling. Like, you know, yes. it's like if you're running dribble drive, then you better work on some of those movements. That's, I think that's a big part too. Yeah, I agree, Coach. All right. What's the question of what's the question um, of the week? So when you first became a coach, what is the first big win for you as a coach? What was your first big win? It was like I was like the first it was either the first or it, it was either the first or second game. It was a holiday tournament at Memorial and it was I it, Chad Nelson, I'll never forget, hit a big sh- I don't I don't have it on tape because something happened. I don't know. But he had a big shot to win it. I think we were 7-14. It's my only losing season as a head coach. 
but I remember that game because um, it was like, holy crud, we better have stuff down the – I mean, it was a close game back and forth, and we ended up winning it not because of me. I had nothing to do with it. It's like something – the ball bouncing, you know, in the right spot, in the right – you know, it would be nice to – first game is a win, last game is a win. That's, what I, that's my goal. Because um, <laughs> if your last game's a win, it's a good season. Um, I think that one, and then I would say season two or three or maybe even four when we beat Janesville Craig, which was a perennial Division One powerhouse in our state for 15, 20 years when I was growing up. And um, I, I always told Coach Suter, I said, I knew my program was turning the corner when I beat you. Um, so those would be the two big ones that I vividly remember as a young coach. What about you? Oh, it was my first year coaching at the varsity level. We were, I think we were like, I think five and 18. It was a very, very difficult start. We, we started 0 and 7 within the season. We had some kids suspended for a, a drinking party. Uh, we had kids with injury. My, my, one of my best players broke his kneecap. It was a long, long season. So we were the 12th seed. And one of our neighboring towns, which is Campbell Sport, was the five seed. We went out to Campbell Sport and it was just a game where it was a, uh, it was the playoffs and, Everything clicked at the right point. We're down by nine within the third quarter. We still had quarters, and one of my seniors just got hot and I just ran a motion offense and just kept setting screens. He kept making shots, and um, we got the ball with five seconds left. I called a timeout, and I set a play that I used to run when I was a middle school basketball coach, and they fouled him in the free throw. The free throw, he made all uh, three free throws, and we won the playoff game, and that was my first big signature win that I'll never forget. Because I think that community had not won a playoff game in like over five or six years. Years, you know. And then so, what happened? And we were twelve seed, happened, and they were five seed. That was huge. And then what happened? So the five seed ended up playing. You were twelve. Who'd you play the next round then? Columbus. We got pummeled. So, uh, <laughs> but again, but you know what? That kind of gave me some momentum for a little bit more success as I moved on coaching varsity for another five six years, and then moving on to collegiately. But that was just a win I'll never forget. It was very special to me. Isn't it? I'm t I tell the boys, too. I said, I remember high school wins. Like, you, you, those things are ingrained. They're like, it's not traumatic, but they're, there's an imprint. Like, you just, like, I, that feeling, you can just feel it in your body right now. I know. It's, it's like crazy. a human connection with the game. You know, this kid yeah. has never been a good free throw shooter. I had him screen, and he got fouled. And, I mean, what kind of – most likely referee never calls a shooting foul at the end of the game. They follow him with a three-pointer, and he makes all three, three of them and wins the game. You know, right. it just doesn't he'll, happen. He'll remember that the rest of his life. I got that on, 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 and I, I still got that game. I still use that play, and I call it – his last name is Van Cray. I call the play Van Cray after him. I still to that day call it Van Cray just because <laughs> Seth was able to make that shot. I, I never forget that. I know that's and, awesome. And that's why we. That's why we. This is why we do what we do, Coach. Right. Right. It, it is. You know, that's why we do it. It's an adrenaline. It's, it, it's a drug, people. People are listening to this. It's a drug. It's a. It's a, the adrenaline drug is what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Till next great. week, Coach. Great game. All right, Coach. All right, thank you. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like no matter where you listen. Apple, Spotify, we love those five star reviews. Make sure you also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Sports Social Podcast Network.